Jun wanting to go deep. And he's got him! Jamison Williams eating up the yardage again. Here's a big hole. Look out, he is gone! Travion Henderson! And hand to Brees Hall. Brees Hall! Welcome back to the Burning the Red Shirt podcast. I'm your host, Zach Tao. And again, Andrew Katz and Chris K are with me. Um, you guys doing all right on this Thursday evening? Dude, you sound great, Zach. You sound really good. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> no, you, you sound horrible sound to awful? us. But if it works for the if, the, if the viewers, all 12 of them can hear yeah. you fine, that's all that matters. Cool. Well, we'll find out. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to start off this week. Um, kind of giving a thank you to all those that listen to us and like and subscribe and just kind of interact with us on the discord channel um so thanks for that and if you haven't liked and subscribed to us please do leave comments uh, really would appreciate that um so we actually want to start the show with some announcement that we have chris i'll kick it to you to lead that off sir sure, yeah so uh we're super excited about it uh, the company Underdog Fantasy, they do uh, props and fun stuff like that, which is, uh, I mean, it's great for those that stay on top of it and, and or did complete the gens and watch stuff at the very beginning when things are released. So, uh, partnership with them, just you know, if anybody that wants to join, we have a little promo BTR or BTR Pod, right? And uh, we'll send out some info on Twitter and stuff like that, but allows you to deposit and then they match up to a hundred dollars, which is cool. We'll be talking about this stuff each week. We won't go hardcore crazy with ad reads and stuff. We'll do the normal stuff, but we'll definitely just want to be able to have like a, a good little segment to talk about each week on top of some other stuff. And uh, we're super excited about it. I mean, underdog, the site is awesome. I don't know if you guys have checked it out. If you haven't, you should use that code. Then I think you guys will definitely enjoy it. Yeah, I would say it's a lot that. more addicting than you realize. I, I would say that from our perspective, it's exciting for lots of different reasons, right? I mean, we started just effing around and doing a, a weekly podcast or something along those lines back in January uh, because we were bored with um, college football ending and yep. kept it going when you uh, just uh, to kind of see where, where things were going to net out, created a Twitter account created discord and feeling good about overall uh, progression. Uh, but I mean, reality being for us at this point uh, and for the short to medium to whatever future more like we have, we all have day jobs. This is just something we're doing on the side for fun. And when I think about kind of direction, I mean, a lot of people when they're, when they're starting any sort of business, they have, they do try to think of, definitive direction and an endpoint they want to get to. And while we've tossed around some ideas where that, where it would be great if we were able to accomplish X or if we would be able to get to Y, we really are just kind of still figuring things out. I would say that given kind of this, the realities that are at play when it comes to uh, what this means to us, what it uh, and where we want to take it, 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 it doesn't make a ton of sense for us to, try and capitalize directly on our end users for financial gain. That's something that is like at this point, uh, 
at minimum, very near and dear to my heart personally, the idea that we could in incrementally gain financially from uh, the people that are listening to us, are watching us, are uh, choosing to actually invest their personal time, their personal lives in, in us. Uh, it doesn't really do a ton for me. The idea of looking for ways to grow our what we're doing right um, and what we're setting aside a material amount of our time each week for ways that we can grow that that are interesting that are in some ways organic and in, in other ways actually like we can see material gains associated with that growth whether it be our twitter account continuing to grow in popularity our discord continuing to grow in popularity continuing to get more youtube likes subscribes more views all those things, I think, even if we don't have a definitive endpoint of where we want things to go, those are the, like it, it feels good when we actually uh, can see that oh, this is the, the time we're investing, the effort that we're investing, like this is actually paying off. And additionally, in addition to like organic growth, I think that another way to think about growth is, OK, what can we do? What can we do? How can we capitalize? What can we uh, put the head, our heads together and try and do that can actually do something in the way of actually building uh, assets and uh, in the form of, uh, of uh, really anything that correlates to more uh, actual growth. So I th when I think about that, I think about it through the lens of, okay, how can we take advantage of other, not, maybe not take advantage is the right word, but how can we partner with other businesses? How can we attain sponsorships? How can we actually grow financially and uh, establish some sort of uh, monetary base from which we can potentially draw upon and do cool things. Well, one way, right, attaining sponsors, sponsorships. I think that while uh, I, we can and are kind of spinning up an interesting creative story in terms of the, our direction on our various platforms, I don't think, I don't know if we're quite there in terms of being able to go to uh, companies and say, hey, uh, do you want to, do you want to sponsor us directly? Partnering with other companies though, I think is something that is, uh, what is slash was appealing to us and but really only from specific angles so one of the things that was important to us was hey we will only want to partner with companies we believe in companies that are doing things the right way and really only two companies stuck out with stuck out to us one of them uh being home field cough cough maybe someday <laughs> uh we'll get a, a different answer than the one that we received when we reached out to them to about a partnership, but the other one really was just the underdog. Like, uh, I've been utilizing their platform for best ball uh, purposes, more or less lighting uh, money on fire because I have absolutely no edge when it comes to the professional football scene uh, from a fantasy perspective <laughs> whatsoever. But it's, I love everything about underdog, both when it comes to under the hood, what they do in terms of support, what they do in terms of their UI, the products that they offer. I've never personally heard anyone have any complaint about them whatsoever that hasn't been able to be rectified and has been rectified uh, immediately. They do everything the right way as far as I can see. Uh, and I think that, that, that their mission is all about that uh, from a product perspective, from a customer relationship perspective. And that is like, when I think about how I want to run a business, uh, they are like, the, they are the gold standard in my book. So partnering with them, given that they are now in the college football space in that they're offering uh, props. Uh, we'll talk about their actual offering uh, as we get, I think, a little closer to the season. But they well, – I can, the I can, I can read the offering now if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. But more or less, <laughs> the, the fact that they're in the college football space, that they do everything exactly how what I think to be is like, this is exactly how I would want to run a business. A business makes makes me, makes us gravitate towards them. And it was when we were thinking about businesses we wanted to partner with and that we want to associate our pristine name with, they were at the top of the list. Reached out to them and they were, uh, it was a great conversation, a great kickstart to a relationship that I think has a, um, a lot of potential right now, kind of just starting in, uh, very much in terms of a, hey, let's uh, kind of uh, uh, spin up a, uh, a, a uh, link just for burning the red shirt. Let's spin up some codes uh, for bank burning the red shirt so that uh, we can kind of uh, look to get our, uh, get our community on underdog and we'll all have some fun this season. Yeah. Um, it's, this is really great too, because we've grown pretty fast. I would say when we actually contacted underdog, what do we have like 240 followers, something like that? I think it was like, yeah, it was like 250 to 300. Yeah. yeah I mean, we were under 300 for sure. And now what are we at? Like four, we're almost to 500, right? 485. Yeah. So in just a matter of a couple of weeks, we've pretty much doubled our follower count. Um, and our discord's grown got a couple best balls that we've got going on um being burning the red shirt sponsored best balls i'm in one of them actually drafting currently i'm probably on the clock while we're doing but um did you get in the second one or is that all everybody else it's everybody else hosted i just hosted yeah um it just didn't make sense for me to just take two spots but um i know chris said we don't we're not gonna have a bunch of ad reads i do have one i can do it now or i can do it later you'd like me to do it now one I think we're obviously doing ad reads, right? It's part of the partnership. Right. Fully on. But I want to see Zach work it. I want him to work it into a transition. <laughs> well, this and- is where you make your money. Okay. <laughs> 100%. This is where you make your money. So, yeah, there's going to be ad reads. We're yeah. just not going to do the old stock. Here's 45 seconds of me sounding like a robot. That's all I'm saying. Right. Sneak it up on us. Yeah, I'm going to be shocked. I'm going to be yeah, like, okay, okay cool, well, cool, I got cool. 30 seconds to recharge so, type of thing. After all that, or it's an exciting announcement, let's get into the actual college football content that we want to talk about. Um, there's one that I actually wanted to talk about um, with we've doing all these best ball, um, best ball drafts that we do. Like the position changes happen, like mid-draft or like after you've drafted – or maybe before you draft your next one where you've drafted already and now a guy's changed position. Maybe he's now a wide receiver. Maybe he's a running back. Maybe he has dual eligibility. What do you guys think about how you handle those situations in a league? So Vantrox makes it customizable enough where you can and everyone, every league that I play in does, the commissioner always makes it super clear kind of what the expectation is and Fantrax allows you to pretty much customize it relative to whatever expectation you want to have when it comes to position eligibility there's a myriad of different options right so the one the most common one that i think i see is you just kind of go with the flow you play it as play it as it lies isn't even right in the sense that the lie would be when you draft but um the the most common structure i would say is whatever fan, fan tracks is, does in terms of position eligibility for a player. That's just what, it's just how it nets out. And another option is whatever happens on draft day, that's stuck in stone. Another option is 
primary position eligibility. I'm not sure exactly sure how it's determined, but if a player has multiple positions eligible, only one of them is what he's eligible at. Right. Um, and then you get the, into the really like uh, the nitty gritty stuff that I, I personally kind of hate where uh, some leagues will uh, look to follow whatever the like the team websites say, which just creates all kind of pro- kinds of problems for lots yeah. of different reasons. Uh, and it just creates so many headaches. It creates fights. Like it's, it, I don't know. It's not really the environment that I, I want to be a part of. Uh, but are there any players they, that come I mean, to your most, mind? What was that? Are there any players that come to your mind when talking <laughs> about the position eligibility? Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't think I can really put the blame directly on fan tracks on this. I, I, I would love to, pull back the curtain. I would love to meet the guy uh, to kind of quote. Uh, I, I wish I could get the exact quote right from the game. I don't know if you've ever seen it with Michael Douglas. Have you seen that? Yes. The, yeah. Well, I, I, I want to pull back the curtain. I want to meet the wizard or whatever the quote is, um, who is actually defining position eligibilities. Cause our boy Keaton Thompson, like where, I don't know how a stat provider is actually defining football player and translating that into the positions that actually because <laughs> there's clearly been some something's going on there in the sense that he's still like it's a ca- carrying over from the the bronco mendenhall regime i, I believe keaton is still listed as football player on virginia's official website yes. Yes. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. so last That's year BP. last year he was <laughs> by the wizard who are, the wizard of uh of of stats, whoever that may be, rendered him effectively useless in fan tracks by just they just had him at quarterback all year for absolutely no good reason. I mean, I understand that he spent his first three years playing quarterback at uh, Mississippi State, and then I guess I uh, obviously transferred over to Virginia. But there, it was, it was inexcusable that he just had solely quarterback eligibility all of last year. But then coming into this year. We start drafting like sociopaths in March, right? And March through June, our dog, Keaton, has running back eligibility from March through June. Then in July, he accrues wide receiver eligibility on top of (laughs) running back eligibility. So I already had a a ton of Keaton uh, going into July. And then I see that dual eligibility. I'm like, I need to. I need to bump this guy up like four more rounds yeah. and just make sure I get him everywhere. Cause that dual eligibility in best ball is like the, that, I, I had that with Calvin Turner last year. It's a cheat code. Yeah. So Jared, wherever he needs to, to make sure that you don't get a horrible, um, a horrible stat from that position. It's amazing. So Jared, yeah, like Jared that. says he'll be in Canton next weekend and the fan track stream, fan tracks team will be there. So he said, he'll ask them. It's what I have found very weird is in some drafts, He's just one, and then in some drafts he's both. So, no, so, still. I that's what so, it feels like, but I, I don't have any. No, so what you're seeing is a result of the commissioner settings, where some like some commissioners have overridden his. That's status. what I was going to say. I think yeah. that's a commissioner. Joe, like a league Joe by league overrode um, the CFF site ones at a certain point, and then others just lock in on draft day his uh, position eligibility. But people who are letting it go with the flow are like, which is fine. I mean, that that's the risk that you take when you draft. Uh, I guess someone like that, but uh, I don't know. It feels, but so to conclude the story yesterday, his run back eligibility was removed. So in our champion series where I like, I haven't been like seven drafts at this point. Did you see the stat? I, did you see the stat? I I was going to reference that. There's 23 leagues that I'm in 
and yeah. you're in more than me, so I'm sure you have even more shares. Yeah. The ones that like we have 20 of the 23 shares of him. Yeah. <laughs> I was already running thin at running back just from strategic initial strategy I was utilizing, which turns out was not a good idea. Um, but and now it, I just had like a, one of the running backs that I was counting on just get sucked out for not even like sometimes. I mean, you lose players for all kinds of reasons in college fantasy. I didn't realize I was taking a material risk on losing a running back uh, because of position eligibility. Now. Like I get it. He plays wide receiver. He lines up at receiver most of the time. Right. But like the idea that he attained running back eligibility this off season and kept it for five months. <laughs> name name someone else in college football that should have position eligibility of two if it's like if it's not Keaton, it's nobody i mean the guy had like he gets he throws the ball a little bit yeah. he'll, he'll sprinkle it in there and then i think he i haven't projected for like 45 carries and that's what he had last year so you're telling me three to four carries a game and eight receptions so a game is tell like, me why yeah. you've been drafting him so much because i feel like he I feels have like a, a huge feels, strategic edge on him he feels like the safest one of the safest guys on the board like okay so you tell me there's two ways to look at this i think right there's there's the angle that if virginia is the same as they were last year that's it's an absolute steal in the 10th to 12th mm-hmm. round which is where we're getting yeah. him. absolute steal He's a top two receiver yeah. that's going to be scoring he nonstop, okay? Yeah. If you think they pass less and they run more, who is running more? Right. If, mm-hmm. if you think that they're going to kind of slow down the offense and kind of keep Brennan Armstrong safe, who's going to score around the end zone? It's good. They're going to put Keats on at quarterback. I mean, the guy was a quarterback. He just was not a Mike Leach quarterback. Like, he could – I'm sure he could have gone G5 and been a pretty decent quarterback at the in Mac, right? Oh, so he, like he can throw it. the he can throw the football. Yeah. So to me, it's the safest bet there is. Yeah. So you want to hear the listen to this conspiracy theory? It's a, that actually has some foundation to it, uh, unlike the <laughs> Logan Bonner one. So do you know who their OC is this year? Virginia's offensive coordinator. It's the guy from Clemson, isn't it? No, he's the coach. He's the head coach. Oh, so Tony! They, oh, yeah, yeah. Tony Elliott's the head so coach. So their OC, the OC is Des Catchings. He was the running backs coach at for the Falcons last year with Cordero. Oh, Cordero Patterson. Yeah. So you can, like I've dug up snippets and little bits of information that they're they don't want to talk. I don't think they want to talk about it too much because they don't want to give away what they're going to do. But like they've like you've you can find if you look hard enough some interviews, some like hints that like Keaton could be used and probably will be used like Cordero Patterson was. That feels pretty similar. Feels yeah. like they're both. Dude, it's, in a the glove, it's a glove fit. And even it, like, let's say that doesn't happen. He's still awesome as a receiver. Like they, you're right. Like there's so many paths to him being like a really valuable fantasy asset. And some of them are absolutely nuclear uh, relative to his value in terms of yeah. just like crushing his what you have to pay for him from draft like me and you have pushed him up to the point now where like all right it's starting to get a little bit riskier but like i was taking him every single draft in the 16th round yeah for, for months yeah but now he goes between like if we're in it he goes between like eight and 12 at, at 12 like i pretty much if he's not been taken i look okay i just have to take him the next yeah. time my before andrew like because yeah, yeah, i know yeah. it's off the board but like to my original point like who in fan tracks could be Dual eligible. If so, he's 
So the one name that popped in my head and it just came out, I think the other day, Tyrone Tracy. They said that he's going to play running back and receiver for for Iowa for Purdue. Oh, for Purdue, formerly of that. But he hasn't done anything. Yeah, he's literally no, never. Done I know. It. I'm just saying. Like I literally saw that yeah. two days ago, <laughs> and I thought, hey. But he doesn't have dual eligibility. I, mean, I, I know it's just recent news, but they're probably not going to give it to him either. Andrew, did you know that when you took Devonta Lee for Louisiana Tech, that like in other formats, he is dual eligible? Dude, I saw that because West. I think West just took him right in the other league, or someone just took him. I just took him in the uh, the redraft. Dude, there's and some was- wild position eligibility things going. Dude, it, Nick uh, <laughs> Winning Edge pointed out to me that. Deion Hankins has wide receiver eligibility. Makes no sense. But I got to give credit to Nate Marquise from uh, from C2C and doing the CFF stuff. He's the one that said something about it this morning in the Slack. But, yeah, and the best part about it is he's tight end eligible with receiver. Yeah. Like run, running back receiver is awesome, right? He's, got, get but two, he's not actually listed as a tight end, right? On I the think – no, I don't think so. Yeah. So Jared says, can we get another random CUSA running back to get tight end eligibility? <laughs> Jared knows what he's in for when uh, with position eligibility after doing the conference best balls. Oh, yeah. I remember... Conference best balls are the death of me. I remember... It wasn't that long ago. What made you choose to get in the, in the CUSA one? And Admittedly, this one's going a lot better than the Mountain West one. That one is... It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> uh, Jared approached me and I was like, why not? I'm in this because yeah. I'm in the 50 teamer and I'm SEC CUSA. So That's I was true. like, this would be a good primer. So I figured, why not? Yeah. Every pu- basically, after you didn't get it, after the first pick, like we're now drafting in like round like six of a regular, <laughs> of a regular draft. Like as soon as Dwayne McBride was off the board, it's like the next best player is. Tyrese Chambers, it's like great. So this like the best player in the league. It's like a sixth round value. Yeah. Okay. My first pick was six of the overall, overall, and I took Frank Harris. <laughs> so like that's where I'm at. So yeah. I want to transition to um you said speak of value in, in drafts. So we want to talk about some guys that maybe are being undervalued, guys that probably should be going higher than they are, but are falling in drafts for whatever reason. Um like, do you guys have any players that jump out to you? I'll say that I like like Jonathan Mingo to me is going a lot lower than I feel like he may end up being into the season. You might look back and say, man, why did he go in the 14th, 15th, 16th round? Um, he I know went 19th in 19th, our draft, yeah, right now. In so, our, uh, yeah, like he could, I think he could easily be a top 12 round player when it's all said and done, when you look back um, in that offense, I, I know he's had injury history, but I have to assume that he stays healthy. Like I assume everybody that I draft stays healthy. You can't go in saying, Oh, he's going to get hurt. I know do that. Then everybody can get hurt. But that's one of the players that I would have picked. You guys have any um, stick out to you? One that's like now it's very interesting. Like news broke a little bit with, uh, Xavier Valaday, our, our guy, mm-hmm. um, that he's like he's been getting a lot of first team reps at Arizona State, and now he keeps he is going off the board much much earlier than he used to be. And 
I don't know. That just feels like an interesting situation. Like we might be buying into fall camp stuff. That's not, not all that valuable, but yeah, he's an interesting guy because if, you know, Arizona state can handle two running backs, I think to an extent. Right. So if he's the first, you know, if he's the starter, that's a huge value in the twenties. And the other position, one that's interesting to me, and I don't know if there's an answer is Arkansas receivers. Like they've done a pretty good job of creating a receiver one and just throwing it to him nonstop. And, you know, Hazelwood and Landers are just not being picked anywhere near it. Not to say that they should, but that's just a really interesting situation for me too. I I think that that comes down to people don't want to take the one and the other one like I think the separation between one and two is rather large. So they if they pick the wrong one, then you might get next to nothing fantasy wise, especially at the value that you're looking at. Yeah. Um Andrew, did you have anybody? Because I got another one if you don't. You you go. Let me come up with something good. So I was I'm I'm in this best ball draft um for the our our official BTR one. And I grabbed JT Daniels and started thinking like why is he going so late just in a best ball? I feel like, especially in my league with six point passing touchdowns, like I feel like that's, that's criminally low. We could be talking about him as being a top 15 quarterback at the end of the season, statistically. With Graham so, Harrell is going to throw it around everywhere. The problem for me is that he's such a statue that, yeah, He's not going to give you any rushing stuff. Like, I actually really like him. I've taken him more recently. You know, I think uh, when he went to West Virginia and Andrew talked about him a little bit, like, I got very interested, especially with where he's being taken. I don't think he's got, like, the top 15 potential, but there's no reason for him not to be in the low 20s on average easily. Um, I mean, I like him. I think he's probably going a little bit later than he should for sure. It's just thinking about it through the lens of like, okay, he goes maybe not nuclear, but puts up 80th to 90th percentile of what he can do. And what you're talking high 300s yards, three TDs and rushing stats, just give him zero, right? So that is what um, 15 and 12, 27 points. Like that doesn't break, that doesn't do that much for you. If he has a Devin Leary year, which is two rushing touchdowns, 35 passing touchdowns, 3,400 passing yards. He's still only at 23 and a half fantasy points per game. Yeah. That's, yeah. Are you using four points or six? That's four. Four. See, <laughs> I guess that, that's probably my thinking. Like, I, if I'm using six, then it changes things. Yeah, you're going to get an extra, what, five points a game? Yeah. It's pretty significant. I mean, I think if you're in a six point league, he's very enticing. If people aren't adapt, like when we did this redraft, it was six points per passing. And I immediately was like, I, why take a risk on Plum Lee? And, you know, maybe, you know, Finn and Harris aren't as enticing to me uh, because of, you know, they're, they're more deadly on the ground than they are throwing it. You know, you think of a guy like Will Rogers, that feels like a, a lock for him to be amazing. Did you come up with one, Andrew? I, I just took Tion Evans in our, in our uh, champion series that we're doing right now. I Like I've been sketched about sketched out about Travion Cooley, even though he's, he goes fairly early in drafts that in our, in our circles like that. Yeah, I get, I understand he's, he's talented and he performed well as a, a freshman and continues to like you hear good things about how, he, how he looks and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. I never 
I haven't really bought in just in terms of the, he- the hearing now for him. And Keon Evans performed really well. Tennessee was brought over via the portal after the Louisville run game was really not representative of, at all of what Scott, Scott Satterfield is looking for. I think that uh, based on actions this offseason and just what's what makes sense from a tra- uh, career trajectory perspective, optimally speaking, uh, Louisville does not rely entirely on the Malik freelancing as the foundation of their game this year and wants to get game, their running game flowing through their running backs more. We've seen Jalen Mitchell, Mitchell kind of flame out. Uh, so, And initial reports, I think, trend towards Tion Evans ascending to the starter mantle uh, coming into camp. I haven't really read up too much on the, the initial days of practice, but uh, if we want to bank on a, 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 the trend of a coach producing top-level runbacks, right? Satterfield checks that box, and Evans is talented based on everything we've seen. So I think that where he was going was pr- pretty much undrafted. Uh, your boy, uh, our boy, Matt Wispy, or I'm sure I'm not actually saying it right. He, he takes him in all the leagues where I'm in with him, which is annoying because he doesn't get drafted in any other, and I've started to take him a little bit. And I, I just went up and got him a little <laughs> earlier uh, this this time to make sure that whoever took Cooley couldn't uh, kind of swipe him before I, I could get a chance to take him. But I think I'm in when I'm trying to like throw darts based on sim- systems – Evans is the guy I want to t- throw the dart at from the Louisville uh, backfield. Well, he's got the interesting situation of like why transfer there if you're not gonna yeah gonna play be significant yeah. or have like a like the first crack at it type thing like a legitimate Dude, shot at have it. Have you so, listened? Have you listened to Wes uh, and Josh Josh Pot at all yet? Uh, not yet. Every time I'm it's, not available, it's effing insane. Like that, Wes is a, uh, just a, a lunatic because he <laughs> references stuff that. I don't even understand where he gets this information. So Wes's go-tos are talking about high school fantasy points per game, which is deranged. Um, and also ref- refer- referencing uh, how many, how much NIL money uh, guys are making as a point of context in terms of projecting role. I mean, so first of all, all that stuff is like, I, it, I think it's so, it's so funny and interesting from a data point perspective in terms of trying to think about like anytime we can build a profile more and, uh, to, to then action on given the, how imperfect our information presently is. It's amazing to try and enhance that, that profile. Right. And this is like Wes actually doing this. I think is insane. It's awesome. Uh, so, but his, what he quoted or was roughly that like Travion's making something like not that much uh, in terms of NIL money. I think it was between like 10 and 40 K and Tion Evans got like 250 K. Which is <laughs> yeah. So it's like who's gonna start? Who's gonna start at art running back? Like, come on. Uh, did you did you watch the uh, the Debbie debate? Um, no. You know, last night that C two C released. Uh, Matt from their team, or yeah, I guess I should say our team because I do stuff with them. Um, team McCord. <laughs> I just I, I'm I'm everywhere. I'm uh, and I'm not gonna get into that joke. Not safe for work. Uh, he made a really interesting point. He was like. NIL money makes so much sense. And it even gets to like the point of like these quarterbacks, their families are typically like super rich. Like the first guy I thought of was like yeah. Zach Wilson, right? Like his dad, like 
what is he work like high up or owns or CEO of like FedEx or something like is it? what is what is NIL money do for him like you actually have to have stuff that's enticing to come to the school and I think his example was Novastad the guy that's going to Baylor and like uh, Nelson the guy that's going to USC was visiting A&M so I thought that was super funny but I also wasted in a sense 10 minutes of my time reading about how high school it's so funny that you brought this up yeah. High school fantasy points per game is a pretty strong indicator of success in college. I was it, like, it was totally so impressive. Online. Yeah, it's so <laughs> amazing. Um, and like the data points actually seem legit. Like he went back through 2015, looked at all the stats and stuff. And like if they, if they don't perform over like 16 fantasy points per game, then they're not going to be successful in college. <laughs> I'm just completely blown away by it. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I guess that's what happens when CFF grows is that you get cool stuff like that. Yeah, I got I got one more yeah. undervalued. Yeah, sure. it's Arkansas it. State passing game, I think, is being super undervalued, mm. um, especially in basketball formats where I don't have to necessarily care if I'm playing Hunt over another guy. Uh, but like if you look at Tavellance Hunt's 2021 season, he had like four or five weeks of like 20 plus fantasy points. And that was with like, I mean, Blackman was pretty awful at times and they rotated and stuff like that. But like Blackman's going pretty late. Yeah. And Hunt's I actually going pretty considered late. taking him pretty soon. And like, I'm like round 27, I think. They're like, going to pass so much. You know, that's just what they do in a best ball format. I love that. I have no issue with that at all. So we do a lot of best ball drafts, uh, tracks. If somebody's looking for a best ball draft. Why not choose underdog fantasy? Underdog fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. Draft your team with no in-season management, get the optimal score each week of the season, and have a shot at over $10 million. Yes, you heard me, $10 million in total prize money in their Best Ball Mania 3 contest. Um, Head to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store now, sign up with the code BTR or use BTR Pod, and underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100 Again, Underdog Fantasy, sign up with the code BTRPOD or BTR and draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. Now, dude, that was <laughs> incredible. I just felt like I got got there with <laughs> so good. One for one. I'll give you that. One right. for one. Let's see how the season goes. <laughs> okay. So we'll, they got comments. Bainbridge says, Bravo transition. I'm going to, be awful now moving forward like i used it all right there um <laughs> <laughs> so um andrew you still you don't have any more players to talk about i'm good um do you guys want to go ahead and do win totals let's do some win totals okay so i already went ahead and picked three to do can we do boise is boise one of them they are but we're gonna start with Toledo. I don't know if you guys can see that on the screen. Probably yeah, I pretty can see it. Okay. Um, Toledo starts with LIU. Um, then yeah, they get, I, I feel like we've done Toledo, but have we done Toledo? Kent State. It's got to be Kent State that we did, right? I didn't think we did. Toledo. Just, I don't have I'm, a mark I'm down. Sure, on the I'm sure we did not do it. Uh, did, no, I know we I did. Think we did I think we did Kent State, but we didn't do Toledo. They yeah, all play the same team. teams, and they have the <laughs> same colors. Yeah. So 
I wanted to, uh, we didn't have any really any suggestions, so I just went ahead, jumped to Toledo. So, LIU, we're going to give them a win at home. UMass, I assume we give them a win at home also. Oh, yeah. Then nice they, start. This is where it gets a little, little dicey. <laughs> um, at Ohio State in week three, I think we all agree that's an L. Yeah. Then Thank at- God they're at 7 p.m. on Fox for that, huh? <laughs> Although, honestly, I kind of like that. Yeah. So I'll play, Ohio State primetime games are always so much fun. Yeah, especially if they do like a blackout or something. Like yeah. those things are always pretty dope. Then they follow that up with another road trip, San Diego State. That seems like a loss. That'll be an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel thought- like if they beat them, then it could really push them to be like pretty legit the rest of the way. Yeah. Like if you can win at San Diego State. Like I love like, Daquan Finn. You, you guys know that's that's my dog and everything. But San Diego State is just notoriously sound tough. defense. Yeah, they're yeah, just they're tough just to tough. beat. Um, I'm going to give them a loss there. I think loss makes that's a long. Sense. That's a long travel. <laughs> yeah, and you know they're taking bus. It's Toledo. Uh, have you guys seen their new San Diego State side note? Have you seen San Diego State's new stadium that yeah, they're it's like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks awesome, and they they made it smaller, which is awesome. Like yeah. in terms of, yeah. you know, why build like an eighty thousand seat stadium when you know they're not going to be there, right? They so play like, Qualcomm cool. and fill up like thirty percent of it. Yeah, that, that yeah. place looks sweet. It'll be. A, I don't know. Maybe we go there in twenty twenty three. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Well, they go get homecoming against Central Michigan. I give them a win. Yeah, I like that. Then Central Michigan and them, I think, are the two betting favorites for the MAC right now. I think they're both like in the the plus four hundred range. The MAC is like, in terms of favorites to win the conference, I think it, they might have like the highest odds for an actual for the the betting favorite. Like it's very undecided coming into this. Interesting. Year. Very MAC. Right. So, <laughs> so we're gonna give them a win against Central Michigan. I'm giving them a win. Chris? It's home. Homecoming, you said? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah we'll get more than that. All right, they win. You follow it up um, at NIU. I'm going to give them a win. I mean, I guess yeah. we have to ask ourselves, where do we put Toledo in the MAC? Because if they're like a middle-of-the-pack team, then I would probably lean loss here. But if they're like a top two or three team, then like I would say win. So do we I think it's a bounce-back year for them. I think that they uh, – like, I think that – they're not just a face in the crowd or even in the upper part of the crowd in the Mac. I think that the conference is probably there theirs this year. Yeah. I like it. I like a win there personally. Yeah. Okay. And Kent state. I don't remember what we picked, but I'm pretty sure we picked Toledo to win. I think we, we? <laughs> I think we picked Kent state to win and I like Kent state. Yeah. I, this game will be fun. This is. I'm like, sure. Yeah. I'm sure I was foaming at the mouth for Kent State to win every single <laughs> this game. This is like 57, well, 56. Type. We had Kent State winning eight. So oh, nice. That's good though, because Kent State probably has three auto losses. <laughs> right. So what did we we're gonna go with a loss? I, I like Kent State here. Yeah. They're at home in the Glass Bowl. I think we gave them the whole the win because I remember. I think, I think I, this was probably the one uh, Kent State conference loss that we gave them. Because I well, think I, I remember when you guys can go losses. I remember Andrew saying in the Glass Bowl, they're not going to beat yeah. him in the Glass Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Give give Toledo the win here. All right. I Toledo. think we hit our Glass Bowl quota in one night on that episode. So like <laughs> we, I think we said that like on every matchup. But we're, I'm down with it. I'm cool with it. 
Okay. At Buffalo. It's a win. win. At Eastern Michigan. I win. like a win. Yeah. yeah. Win. They lost, that. you know, the future starting quarterback for Cincinnati, but I think they'll be fine. <laughs> we I don't have enough time to talk about They got <laughs> Baydoon. They still got Baydoon, so they're in they good shape. Baydoon, yeah. They'll get 15 catches for 93 yards and no touchdowns. Um, okay. They get the bye week, and then Maction starts. True Maction starts. Tuesday night against Ball State. It's either at 7, 7 or 7.30 on either ESPN2, ESPNU, or CS or CBS SN. So did, did Sears never wind up on campus in Muncie? Is that what I, I guess that's how I know it out there? Jack Sears never wound <laughs> up at Ball State. What the fuck to? was that guy doing? Like, Has anybody seen Jack Sears? Do we need to throw him <laughs> I, in the I, note card? I, I follow him on, on Twitter and have the uh, have notifications turned on, and he just never tweets. <laughs> <laughs> we, has anybody seen Jack Sears? Please, listeners, if you've if you've seen or heard from him, please make sure that we know proof of life that he's okay. Yeah. Problem is when you do a Twitter search for Jack Sears, I don't know. It, it's tough. It's tough <laughs> because there's a Apparently, a race car driver named Jack Sears. So he could have been much worse. And he's more relevant than the guy we're looking for. So it's kind of could have been could have been much worse. Let's just put it that way. A win over Ball State until unless Jack shows up. (laughs) Right. And you you, okay? So if Jack Sears shows up, you pick Ball State. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. Put that on record. All All right. Um, then the next Tuesday they get Bowling Green at home. It's a win. win. Yeah, I think they went out. And then at Western to close on a Friday night, on Black Friday. Is it a night game? There's no way it's night. It says noon. Yeah, that's so, dude. All them, all the MAC games on Black Friday are always like noon, so and or they don't get they don't play Black Friday night games in the MAC. To recap, we go win, win, loss, loss of two wins. Three wins, four wins. We have them winning. We're going 10 and 2. Over under is 8. Perfect. 10 and 2. Yeah, I feel good. The only two games they're going to lose at Ohio State at San Diego State. Yeah. It seems wrong. That lines up. I like it. They just run through the MAC. (laughs) They probably lose one game in the MAC. They probably do. I'm not picking it. Yeah. All right. Well, the next team we're going to go with. Boise State. That's why I wore the shirt. Yep. They got a tough one to start. Like they usually do. They usually front load because Mountain West is usually. Um, but I, could, I say that this year and I saw something today that says there's like six teams that are favored to win every game this year. I and, saw that too. And Air Force is one of them. I got out of my Air Force bet because I'm getting too sketched out by having, <laughs> having to ha- having to like trust this garbage information about if their star players are going to be playing or not. I'm like, I can't. This is bad for my mental health. I need to just get out of this. Did you have to? Did you like lose like eight bucks just? To no, 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 no. I I got a good line uh, when I bet the under. I got plus money, so I was able to like I'm I'm fine. I'm out. Nice. Yeah, the union. You know that would eat at me having to like lose the eight bucks on the deck. <laughs> Oh man, that's great. But it created great content that one week. Yep. Yeah. All right. They at Oregon State, um, opening week. I think the lines like 
two and a half, three and a half. I think it was Oregon State was favored. This is like I, this is like yeah. the classic Boise game. They're, if they're gonna, we'll know what they are after that game. Like they either annihilate them or they just get run off the field. I have a hard time going against seventh year Hank. <laughs> right. I, I'm going to pick Boise here too. I like Boise. Okay. It's Boise. And I guess Andrew, you don't like Boise then you, you'd pick Oregon state. I, I get think the vibe. I would. I think I would. I don't know. It's tough from like, I don't know what I'm supposed to base my confidence in Boise on right yeah. now. I, look, I'm right there with you. I, I think I said it yeah. weeks ago. I'm yeah. not really sure what we're about to see from this team. Um, I think the defense is going to be solid, but they don't score a bunch of points. I don't know. I don't, I'm not like super confident that Oregon state's just great yeah. either. I mean, and they don't have like a stellar quarterback play. They have like a bunch of random running backs that might be good. And I think, yeah. we, I think the consensus is that Damian Martinez is the best one, but like, how many times do we see the best running back on the team not get a fair shot or like not get real playing in time until like week four? So like, I don't know. I just have a hard time. I have a hard time picking either of them. But if I'm going to go with one of them, I'm going to go with the one that's like perennially a winner. That's fine. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Okay, they follow it up with a Friday night short week. Friday night at New Mexico. The win. Yeah. 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 Um, then UT Martin will give them a win there. So 3-0, and looking good. This is where I'm like, okay, we might have something this year. And then at UTEP, Friday night again. I think we would give them a win there. Yeah, so 4-0 and to start things four off. 4-0, and and I think this is where it starts to to crumble. But are um, both those – are those next two games home? They're, or at home. they're both at home. Um, Why is – called albertson stadium yeah. okay uh, yeah, yeah i was confused um so that's nice two tough games against San Diego yeah. state I mean, and fresno I, but both at home it's ideal um it's actually the schedule actually sets up very nicely for them yeah um they get san diego state fresno at home they get the bye week to prepare for air force which is kind of nice if you're going to need a bye week yeah. that's, that's the team you're going to want in the extra Definitely. week to prepare yeah. for I mean, you couldn't ask for more I'm um, inclined to give them a win over San Diego State and then a loss to Fresno. Fresno. Yeah. That's a great Friday night game. I'm going to have to, like, my wife is not going to be happy with me watching that game. <laughs> but it's going to, I'm hoping she's working. Let's just put it that way. On FS1. I get FS1. Let's, that's awesome. CBS Sports Network is the one that gets me. All right. I'll, I'll agree with the win against San Diego State and then loss to Fresno. So they would yep. be 5 and 1 going into the bye week. Coming off the bye at Air Force. I hate Air Force. Yeah. I hate the football team. I don't hate the Air Force. No. You hate the troops. You're <laughs> anti-America? Yeah. Um, I just hate oh, playing Air Force. Two big announcements in one night? <laughs> I don't They're just like... tricky, man. It's just yeah. tricky. And it's, it, you know, it's the whole Georgia Tech thing, right? Like back in the day, people, like as a Virginia Tech fan, I used to hear it all the time. It was like, we're going to spend one day a week where we're going to spend half the time practicing for Georgia tech. It's like, are we really wasting like an hour and a half on triple option BS every single week? Like 
that's what it does. I wonder if they don't do that as much with the full bye week beforehand, but it's just annoying, but they're just so good at it. Yeah. It, it's tough. Cause like you really know what a triple option team is going to do for the game. Like they'll open up the game. If they go right down the field and score, it's going to be a lot. Like they usually don't just figure it out on the fly. You either know how to stop it from the get go or, yes. or, I agree. or you don't. So if they come out and they make a few stops and it's 14, nothing Boise, I, I think they run away with it. Um, so if you think, you think their def, uh, Boise's defense isn't all that great though, right? Like, no, I think it's, you actually have to decent. have serious discipline to play right. in air force. I think they have so the best defensive believe- player in the conference, but I, he plays a safety. So like, what is that? really do for well you. that's the pitch guy he's the, the pitch, pitch guy. guy you're right but if you're hitting them with the dive all night long it doesn't matter about the pitch guy well that's when you hope that your <laughs> your other guys your can interior focus on the dive and the quarterback yeah and you make them pitch to your surefire I'm, safety i'm gonna pick them to win because if i think they can beat San, if i think they're gonna beat san diego state i'm gonna pick them beat air force too thoughts I'm fine with it. I won't be watching it because it's on CBS Sports Network, but I'm cool mm. with it. Jared says you got to get Fubo. We'll <laughs> <laughs> get C2C to cover it. Oh, there you go. Um, then they follow that up with Colorado State. Uh, they get them at home. Hmm. I don't I know. They, they probably win. It's if you be- have them beating I- Air Force, that's a pretty yeah. strong performance i think it really just depends on what boise's offense looks like if they're if they're squeaking games out 21 14 i don't know that they beat colorado state because we expect them to put up some points they may not be able to stop anybody but they and at that point in the mountain west season too it gets real dicey because it's starting to get cold i don't know i don't i don't i don't i right I don't feel super comfortable picking them to win that game. We, I mean, one counter argument is we put Norval kind of on this pedestal from a fantasy perspective, but his, like, and last year was the peak of what he did in Nevada, and they went eight and four. So in year one at a program where, yeah, they, they kind of just went and dropped in a lot of the but players. Is Colorado State not with the system. Just like, don't they have well, just better players than Nevada does? Did you I don't know. They, they, <laughs> they, I mean, did you watch what Colorado State did last year on the football field? Well, right, but that was Adazio, right? Yeah, I, th- I, I assume <laughs> that they have a lot of players on that roster that were recruited to do Adazio's bully football. Like, there's still holdovers there. They probably don't have a full roster of players that are – Conducive to doing air raid type stuff and whatever it is they do, they do on defense. Um, okay, you I, don't know. I think that I think they beat them now. Yeah, it's I think it's a win over Colorado State. All right. Well, I'll, I'll then BYU to follow. They get them at home. I don't think it matters. I think that's just that that's the rivalry game on the schedule. Yeah. Is that the last game of the year? No, they've got. More after that, I mean, I like BYU, so 
that's they would get my vote. We I feel like we've given Boise the benefit of the doubt yeah. on a lot of these so I, far. I so would probably lean BYU. Both, uh, they have the better quarterback. Um, as much as I hate to say it, they have the better quarterback. Better running back. Better running back. They have probably the better collection of wide receivers. Um, and I mean Boise, there's so much unknown. Um, we'll see, I guess. But I'm going to lean BYU here. Yep. Then they get a good stretch here. Nevada yeah. and Wyoming are the two games you want on the road. Yeah, They're the problem is you're playing at Wyoming, November nineteenth. You could be in a <laughs> you could be in a foot of snow. In that game. Did you know they're like seventy two hundred feet above sea level? I did not. I did yeah. not realize it, but I'm not surprised once you say it. Yeah. But, um, let's look back up. Nevada. I think they beat them. Yeah, it's a what. At Wyoming, I think they beat them too. It just it might be ugly. Um, on based on weather, then Utah State to close out at home. That might be for the conference. It's in it at like nine a.m. or some shit. Like say they think that noon. what they did last year wasn't a great, such a great idea. They had to run it back where they start the Utah State Boise State game at like yeah. nine a.m. Yeah, nine a.m. out there. Yeah, it just doesn't work like that. It's only cool yeah. if you're watching. I don't know. You remember like, that game last year? It was on Main Slate, and they like the the concerns right from fans who perspective were like, well, how would this would the players get up for this? And they, they it was a terribly played like game. Physically get up for it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's it's shitty. It's a, it sucks as a pro. It's a pro just to do that. So I don't know if people realize when a game is at like nine. You're like anytime you're you're like at the stadium three hours before. Yeah, like when I was playing baseball, the game would be at seven, and I would show up at one forty-five, <laughs> two o'clock. <laughs> like you're telling me, like we had, we'd have like the kids. Oh my god, the kids' day games at eleven in Chicago was just brutal, and we would be there at like eight. Wouldn't hit BP. Yeah. We would just stretch a little bit, hit off the tee, and then just roll with it and see what happens. Hmm. <laughs> so, right. so what do we think about that last game? Because that. It truly could be for the conference. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't. Bonner's like knee, Bonner's knee is finally given out by that point, so <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to Boise. We're pro Boise here. I'll, Go I'll ride with that. So they've lost two games. Ten and two. They lose to Fresno, and we have them losing to Colorado State, right? But BYU. Or BYU, so that's what it is, not Colorado State. So there's two, yeah. They're, we have to be way over. <laughs> oh, shoot. I didn't look up what it was. We're gonna do, uh, Andrew, we're going to do one more. We're gonna go. We'll, we'll make it quick. That's straight. Uh, here, let me look up uh, Boise's win total. What, so how many wins did we give them? Ten. What's it, <laughs> it seven is, and a half? Ooh, nine. Okay. Wow. With slight kicks on you over. Right. Wow. I would have I would have said seven and a half at best. Oof. Let's crank this out. Let's All crank right. this last one out. Last one's Nebraska. Okay. Uh, this Definitely. was actually this was a Discord quest, so covering Nebraska. Um we did Northwestern already, which who yeah. they open with. I don't know In who Ireland. we picked. In Ireland, correct. Aviva Nebraska. Stadium. All right. Nebraska to open up the win. Get North Dakota. Week two, win. Win. Georgia Southern, yep. week three. It's looking nice. Yeah. Three and oh. 
Nebraska's back. Yeah. And then they play Oklahoma. Then they get Oklahoma. They get the double bye week this year, too. They do. Um, so they get Oklahoma, noon kick, week four, loss. Agreement. Yep. Right. Week yep. five's a bye. Homecoming for, with Indiana. I like it. Win. They're going to win that one. All right, Andrew. At Rutgers on Friday night. October we gave that 7th. to Rutgers, right? Yeah, we gave yeah. that to Rutgers. Rutgers this is like going to tee awesome. up for typical Northwest or Nebraska, <laughs> by the way, right? Like yeah, and then they lose, to, and six and lose six. to Purdue. Yeah, then they're going to yep. go loss, loss, Rutgers, Purdue. Get the bye week. They'll come back and beat Illinois, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think Illinois is garbage. Make up for last year. And then I think they loss. And then I think they lose out. Yeah, I think they lose out. Minnesota at Michigan, Wisconsin at Iowa. I don't think they I can win. see them beating Minnesota. If Ibrahim mm. is fine, it's over. You think so? That's the only game that's close. But I, I think. Hmm. I'm gonna yeah. say they lose out. I, I like think they start. Out. I think they start okay, and then they just kind of fade. So they win Northwestern, Two, three, North Dakota Southern, four, five. Indiana. They five wins. Five. Yep. Win. That sounds right. That number has got to be. Five and a half or six. All right, Andrew, what is it? No, it's high. It's much higher. Seven? Um, I think – let me pull it up. It's because they like, probably feel good about Rutgers dude, and Purdue. People, love, yeah. people love hyping Nebraska going into every year. Their win totals are always like kind of high. Um, Seven and a half. Seven and a half. And we have them winning five. Well, you know, we we do influence lines too. Yeah. In, in numbers. So Check I can out see that, that line in a week. <laughs> right. Now that we've put our um, thoughts our into on the, it. In, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's all we got tonight. Um, we'll wrap it up here. Um, so to recap, we announced our um, underdog partnership. We talked about position eligibility changes in fan tracks and oh, undervalued players. And then we did our win total series. So we wrapped up a lot in just under an hour. So this is actually one of our shorter pods. So we did pretty good. It's quality. Um, Efficient. Hey, uh, I'm going to tweet out the info for uh, underdog, but like us, review us, subscribe to us, all the above. Join the discord. Um, Tell us your thoughts and, Ask questions specific oh. to Underdog if you have them in the future. One thing I want to add. So the Discord, we added a tailgate channel. This was actually Andrew's idea, really. Um, I don't know if it was fully how it kind of plant came out with how I implemented it. But anyway, come to the Discord channel. You go to a game this year, post pictures, post what you're eating, drinking, what you're tailgating, what, you, what the tailgate scene is. I think it would be a cool way for the community to kind of see firsthand other parts of the country that you would may never, ever get to experience. And I think yeah. it'd be really or cool. even better, yeah. even better. Someone's going to a game in Blacksburg. Maybe I can give somebody a tip or two of where to go. I think right. Brandon yeah. from yeah. Michigan state was given tips on central Michigan. Like yeah. where, where else to, are you where to eat central yeah. Michigan? Yeah. Like yeah. that's awesome. I think everybody loves going to random games. And if you can give some tips, that's awesome. Definitely recon networking. It'll be cool. So cool. um, we're going to try to do regular time again. We're a Thursday this week. We'll try to do, try to keep it Thursdays, but we're going to try to hone in a day. Um, 
going forward. So uh, close to the season, guys. So we're almost there. Uh, until next week, guys. Have a good one.